to 64 a chess podcast i am your host as always david Visgon, coming at you live from copenhagen denmark uh our guest today on 64 is eight-time russian champion three-time candidate legendary commentator with chess 24 critically acclaimed chess ball author and perennial hearthstone player grandmaster peters fiddler welcome to the show peter how's it going thanks yeah perennial is one of my favorite words I've never heard it used to describe this particular activity, but <laughs> I like that word. But you are a perennial Hearthstone player. You you actually you play quite frequently, from what I understand. I've, I've, I've played, read about you. I played nonstop, but it's just somehow not the word that's been used to describe it until today, which makes me happy. Do you still uh, do you still play frequently? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Non-stop. So through all the expansions, because I. No, I, I, I became a, you know, I, I, I used to be a, like, I, I started off as an arena main pretty much. And then I, like, I dabble in constructed. I've never really been a proper constructed player. And That's now crazy, I'm basically, me too. and it's now like, I'm basically a battlegrounds main. So, um, so yeah, yeah, my, yeah, battlegrounds is fantastic, but, but, uh, you know, we got to ask, are you, did you ever reach a legend in, uh, in construction? Uh, yeah, I hit legend most times when I seriously tried. I think the only like I maybe there was one season when I told myself I actually wanted to get legend this month and I didn't, but m- mostly I just never really wanted to because it seemed like you know I've been at some point a not very good mid stakes grinder, so I like I understand what grind is, and I did not particularly want to add this type of grind. To, to all the other kinds of grind I was doing already. So uh, it never really appealed because like hitting legend is not actually that impossible if we're honest with ourselves. Getting high legend requires, you know, putting the hours in and, you know, studying matchups and, and doing things which I just never felt too motivated to do. Well, you know, I was about to ask if you think it's harder to get Grandmaster or um, Legend in uh, Hearthstone. Uh, facetiously, of course, I was expecting a satirical response, but you seem to have, you know, taken the, the energy right out of that. Uh... <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I played Hearthstone like when it came out and I, I haven't, I was mostly in Arena main. Uh, I know like people think they're ch- tuned into chess podcasts while they are in for yeah, a rude they're, they're in for a rude awakening. Rude yeah. awakening yeah. Um, did you ever play like World of Warcraft? No, I've, uh, I, I don't play, like I tend to focus on one thing and play that to, you know, the absolute exclusion of everything else because I get very obsessed about things. And uh, like I, I haven't played a single minute of WoW, WoW, for instance, because I knew I would get absolutely, you know, engrossed in it and and once again you know uh, the the competition for my quote-unquote free time is high enough as it is without adding like a well like a serious uh game like this to it or you know uh, a modern rpg which could take you like month and month to go through properly which i absolutely loved to do when i was a kid but i know i will still love doing it so i i don't i just don't do it because i know that it will just like drive everything else out now there are i there are sorry there are actually two um two questions that came to my head first of all 
you're not the only chess player really to get into a game like Hearthstone. I know Jan Nepomniachi has played it. I think Gary Chess himself has been a Hearthstone player. I remember the trailer like Gary maybe chess. from last year. Yeah, I actually met Gary Chess a couple of days ago. If you got you don't follow me on Twitter, you, I actually met Gary Chess a few days ago um, in Oslo for the Oslo Freedom Forum. That was pretty cool. Did you address him as Gary Chess? No, so actually what happened was I was like, because I was there for the Freedom Forum because I just thought, why not go? Like I'm mm. living in Copenhagen now. And um, I thought this Freedom Forum thing was just going to be like main stage, all these big speakers like, uh, the you know, Free Democratic Leader of Belarus, uh, Tikhanovsky, she was there, uh, gave a speech. So I just thought like, whatever, these people are going to be far away. I'll hear Gary give a talk or two and, you know, say, well, this is great. And suddenly I'm in a room in the front row and there's Gary Chess preparing for a talk. And I'm like, whoa. And there's a, a, someone sitting next to me. Um, I think like her friend had said like, oh, I, I found out he's a chess player. And then I kind of started to sweat because I was like, well, what do you mean he's just a chess player? Like this is this is Gary Kasparov we're talking about. Yeah. And then um, the guy sitting to my left, um, he was like, oh, you're, you're a chess fan. You should go talk to him. And I was like, oh, no, no, because he's, you know, he's clearly is in politics mode. But then uh, this guy kind of ruins it for me because then he like drags me up. And he says, oh, get Mr. Kasparov. This is David. He's coming all the way from Copenhagen. And he's a big fan of your chess. And at that point, like, you know, I knew that Gary didn't want to really talk about it. He just kind of shook his head. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, 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 hi. Oh, I'm a little busy. Can can you go? Yeah. And then the, I waited till the very end. And I said, well, okay, he hates me already. So may as well just say, can I get a picture? And then um, someone proceeded to take the absolute worst photo, like worst angle of mine with with uh, Gary Chess himself. But you know what? It was, it was something worth uh, remembering. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he. I don't know if he plays a, a ton anymore, but there was a period where he definitely played like semi seriously uh, after shooting the commercial and that actually sort of survived shooting the commercial and continued for a number of months. I also remember, didn't you and him have like a, a shared account on something called Hafu? Or am I insane? Yeah, yeah, that that was a thing. Yeah, it no longer is a thing, but it, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Hafu, for those of you who don't know, is a professional like World of Warcraft and Hearthstone streamer. Um, for... Yeah, I, basically, the, the the story got publicized, but it's not as you know creepy and horrible as it might sound. I just like I tried a number of my normal nicknames on. I wanted an anonymous account on Chess.com, so I didn't really want to call it Paul Borda because I wanted it to actually be sort of semi-anonymous. And like all the things I wanted to name it were like, I think my first five tries were all taken. And I just randomly, you know, thought, let me check if it's halfway it's taken because I, I used to watch it a ton of her when, you know, in my arena main days, obviously she was, uh, you know, one of the absolute best in, 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 that, uh, in that game. After after World of Warcraft and before she became a beast in a number of other games, she's just an all like around. And yeah, I mean, have you have you watched her just absolutely crush those noobs in in one of those? Pog champs, yeah, she yeah. did. It was like not even fair. It was not even fair. Yeah, I mean, she just decided to take it seriously for a month and went from like nine hundred to sixteen hundred or something like so, that. Yeah, like at her at her best, like somewhere around sixteen hundred level, yeah. just by deciding that she wanted to. <laughs> no, she's she's amazing, yeah. Um, and apparently, his half was free, yeah, without numbers or anything. Like, I didn't need to, you know, tack on five five digits uh, at the end of it. And I just used it for puzzle rush and things. I didn't even play on it. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, uh, at some point, I mentioned puzzle rush to Gary, and he said, "Can I try?" And I said, "Sure. Here's here's an account you can try on." And uh, he just sort of continued trying <laughs> for a bit. Uh, 
Oh, well, you know, we need to, we need to do the puzzle rush every day. That's pretty bad. I don't know. It's a it's a genre. I don't do that genre. But yeah, uh, it's it's a genre. I understand it exists. Yeah, I always tried the impression once. Like I did a Hikaru impression. Like to it, it wasn't well received. I got a DM saying, "Hey, like don't do that again." <laughs> 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 Maybe it was Hikaru. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so what 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 in the world are you up to these days? Honestly, not very much. Uh, you know, going from cheerful subjects to less cheerful subjects. I. Um, I mean, the question about, you know, what to do with my life was kind of high on the list of things to try and solve as is. And then, uh, uh, you know, the war happened and, uh, now it's, you know, even, even less clear. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I have no idea what to, uh, you know, how to, This is kind of a tricky thing because I even like you. You gave me some advance warning, and I've been I spent the last couple of hours thinking about how to, you know, phrase these things, and I still don't don't really understand the because like you're asking about where I am, and it honestly feels kind of irrelevant. Mm -hmm. uh, and the longer I talk about you know what what my current situation is, the faker it sounds to me, because it's. Like I am, you know, not not the victim here, uh, and uh, whatever inconveniences exist in my life right now are completely irrelevant compared to what is happening, you know, in Ukraine to Ukrainians. Uh, so it just feels like I, I should just shut up at some point and say, you know, life has become, you know, very very difficult to to figure out but once again you know easier for me than for a lot of people now can i ask if you're in russia is that okay for me to ask yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i'm still i'm still in russia what is um, um what is like let's say like day-to-day -day life right now like in russia i mean it's uh it's weird because um if like obviously, there there have been some some you know change change changes uh, economically, which I'm not the best person to describe because uh, I'm you know insulated and sort of privileged by by the fact that I'm sort of reasonably well off, and if things have become more expensive, they haven't become expensive enough. Like day to day things haven't become expensive enough for me to. Uh, you know, need to be very alarmed just yet. The things that worry me are, you know, potentially, I don't know, med shortages. That is something that is, I don't like, I, you, you see reports about that and you don't really know uh, how much of this is alarmist and how much of this is real. But uh, I have people around me who uh, kind of rely on stable access to medical supplies if that becomes a problem that becomes a very very large problem and it's not because they're going to be expensive it's not it's just because that they you know things might disappear and not reappear for a while uh, due to you know obvious sort of supply issues and uh, but 
so like this is not the side that I'm I feel particularly you know qualified to speak on but uh the the feeling changed very much and like I've had conversations with people and um like I I went to a friend's birthday a couple of months back and I met a the guy there who is I mean we know each other quite well but we're not close and we as you know somebody who you know we we're on very good terms but we see each other like once every three years or something so you know we, we get to like kind of catching up and he told me a story uh about visiting a friend of his and he said we we sat down at the the kitchen table and this is like a, an old soviet tradition of like people gather gather around you know they sit at the kitchen and they talk normally politics frankly you know into into the dead of night and he said so we sat down like we opened whatever alcohol that was to be opened and then we started talking and the moment we started talking he said my my you know the, the person he visited who is even older than he is sort of proper you know old school russian soviet upbringing he without saying anything just sort of reached out his hand that told him give me a mobile and like collected all the mobiles put them near the kitchen sink opened the tap and then they continued talking so like this feeling is you know very much returning and uh it's uh i think you know the, the the right way to approach it would be to say that i am very naive to you know think this has only started happening now i should have been a lot more aware of it getting to that point gradually maybe not even very gradually over the course of the recent years but it definitely is here now this feeling that um you kind of have to watch you know who you're talking to you generally probably don't want to be speaking very freely unless you know everybody who you like everybody present really well <laughs> and uh yeah it's uh and so, like I don't consider myself a particularly, you know, big student of the the, the Soviet past, but I, I do recognize it quite well and I wish I didn't. Very much wish I didn't. And on the other side of it is of course, you know, the um you know, the the people who appear to be quite cheerful about the whole thing. And that's arguably scarier uh, because I don't like I don't understand how and and it's it's just like legitimately very very scary to me because I yeah I, I don't even have words for this it's like there's there are some people who you know think that this is some kind of a tragic necessity which it isn't like i don't think this was necessary at all but at least you know the word tragic 
is somewhere in there. Even if you don't agree, you can at least have you know some connection to that viewpoint. Uh, but there's definitely a, a, a proportion, you know, a certain a certain slice of slice of people who are just you know very okay with it all. And uh, yeah, I that is very very difficult for me to uh, to come to grips with. I just yeah, I'm, I've been. Uh, this is, I think, what's kind of scaring me the, the most on on this side of the border. I mean, once again, what's happening here is obviously not as important as what's happening in Ukraine. But when we talk about what's happening here, this is, I think, what what is sort of what's been driving me the, the, the craziest. Mm -hmm, absolutely. You signed an open letter um, back in February condemning the war. And uh, mm. people, like, do people know your, the, where you stand on this issue in Russia? And has that been a difficulty? Not particularly, no. I, like, I felt that, you know, I've been uh, sort of, before before this happened, before February, I've made, I think, a sum total of zero political statements in my life, um, which I think you can very clearly see has probably been a large mistake. Um, but, you know, not saying anything about this felt impossible. Uh, but... Uh, no, I don't like. I'm. I don't think this this has produced you know any kind of a marked change in attitude towards me. Not not that I would notice. Yeah, I see. Um, I'm also wondering, like, have you considered maybe like leaving Russia? Is that a possibility or? Yeah, I mean, I've I've thought about leaving leaving Russia for sort of the I think pretty much the the. F f Ever since I was a pretty pretty small kid, like the topic was always there. The topic was always there, but uh, you know, um, I've always felt that you know equating the country with its government is incorrect, uh, and uh, I've always felt that uh, you know there is plenty here to uh to to love and and to feel very close to and of course i am you know famously a very very nerd person you know for me to make any changes in my life is i don't do that i don't i don't don't do that very well i'm not going to pretend that you know much of my life is some kind of a principled stand i think much of my life is you know the path of least resistance to be honest but uh still i i i felt that uh, you know i don't have to agree with everything or much of or anything of what my government says or does without you know feeling alienated from from my country this feeling is 
has been, you know, very, very significantly challenged. But I, I still haven't left yet. So I, I don't like I, this is one of the sort of most obvious and most difficult questions that have been, you know, on, on my mind since February. And, you know, like when it comes to, um, you know, you are a Russian chess player, like I said, eight time Russian champion. Like, what does the face of the, what does the Federation look like right now? Because obviously there's been this whole business with Karyakin. About half the Federation has, you know, signed this open letter. I know some people have left, like switched Federations, like uh, Dina Belenkaya, I think switched to Israel, for example. There are others, of course, um, and maybe mm. others that are happening in the next few months, just pending paperwork and stuff. So what does the Russian Federation actually look like right now, like post-invasion of Ukraine? I honestly... It's not me dodging the question. I'm not entirely sure. I have never really been, you know, very connected with the with the workings of the Federation. I, I'm on, I'm on very very good terms with some of the people in in it, and uh, a lot of the people inside the Federation signed the letter that you referred to earlier. But exactly what's going on right now is difficult difficult to gauge, and honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just honestly just can't say because I I don't feel like uh, you know I I know something of you know the personal situation of some of the people there, uh, and sort of that's the kind of the extent of the knowledge I need. It, once again, it, it just kind of, all of that feels uh, sort of extraneous and. Uh, not not very important right now at least to me yeah it's uh i mean th this is really it's really crazy to think about obviously like in a way like right none of us like what's happening in ukraine is far more important than like what's happening you know to the russian federation i'm really just kind of asking these questions because like it does feel like in a sense the you know the entire chess landscape has been maybe irreversibly fractured like even even if you know there was peace tomorrow like how do people look at let's say a guy like karyakin how do people look at like the russian federation or Vorkovich, for example who are so hand in hand with um you know with the russian government and like i guess that and especially like it's it's i would say impossible to think about chess without russia without like ussr so like i guess that's why i'm kind of asking all these questions because i'm trying to kind of figure out like it, obviously it's impossible to know like where do we go next? Like, of course, that's impossible to gauge right now. I mean, it seems like, you know, Ukraine is putting up a really good fight and things are kind of returning to normal in Kiev very slowly. Um, but it's still like, you know, I know Russia wants to fight some sort of war of attrition now and try again in a couple of weeks with the same stuff. And it's just horrible. Like I have like my relatives here in uh, in the States, back in the States are like, we're all from Ukraine, basically. I don't have much family left there, but it, it's just kind of crazy to me to think about where we are now compared to like a year ago when I was just kind of, you know, let's say interviewing Russian players easily. And now like, for example, I had Dina Blankaya on my podcast like back in last summer and now she's like an Israeli player, like, and you know, it's like not gonna be in Russia ever again. Like to me, that is just like kind of remarkable and, and both uh, just crazy and sad, like how that's kind of just all happened. Yeah, I just, I don't have any good answers. This is the, you know, the, I don't think many people have particularly good answers, to be honest. And uh, yeah, 
you know, it needs to stop, but I don't really understand how it stops. This is the problem. As you know, once again, I'm not going to pretend I'm some kind of a deep political analyst, but I'm not either. <laughs> I, 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 I desperately, desperately want for, for for the war to stop, but I, I can't, I can't figure out uh, how it. Like there's, there seems to be no will for it to stop here. And without that, how how does it stop? Yeah, it's terrifying. But I mean, at the same time, like, yeah, I, like, yeah, I, like you, does anyone really think that like, you know, Putin just stops bombing, you know, Ukraine tomorrow, like, like, there's no reason for him to do that. Like, he, he hasn't been compelled to do that. On the other hand, I mean, are we entering World War Three? Like, what's like, what's happening here? Is that yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody, anybody really knows. And uh, yeah, it just It's a, yeah, a kind of a not a very happy chuckle there. Is it uh, is it dangerous for you to talk about this on a, you know um, on a podcast? I mean, the question sounds a bit ridiculous, but it sadly isn't. Probably, uh, I don't know. I suspect. I mean. Like you have to assign probabilities to these things. I think, like I'm not assigning a very high one, but you know, I would like to live in a world where it's zero. It definitely isn't zero. But well, that's. I mean, it's not very high though. It's. Uh, I, I don't want to paint this as some kind of a you know act of incredible courage and bravery. But I would like. I would like it to be zero, and it's not zero. You know, and I don't. I would like it to be zero, not because I want to be safe, but because, like, I, you know, what it says about the society I am currently living. In. Right. It's it's not really about me at all. It's just it's, we're we're having a conversation. It shouldn't really, you know, there should not be a question, you know, that forms part of that conversation. Right. No, I mean, I think something that's a little bit easier answer is: uh, Do you have any like tournament plans yourself in twenty twenty? No, I I don't think I'll. I mean, once again, I can't say for sure that I will play, you know, zero over the board games this year. But I, it would not surprise me. Uh, once again, not necessarily as a kind of a political statement, just like I didn't really have very many tournaments to begin with. And, uh, you know, the things I could potentially play have, you know, issues attached to them. So. I I am sort of very much taking it sort of day by day, week by week, and not not forming any kind of long term plans. But as of right now, I don't have anything at all planned for the next for like for the for the for the rest of the year. Honestly, mm -hmm. just absolutely empty. Yeah. Well, um, what, regarding let's say like chessable, I know you made this this course. Mm. On the Grunfeld, um, do you have maybe anything like that in store? Because I know that those courses pay pretty I, well. <laughs> you know, if I could, if I could get, I've had some ideas in that respect. Like I haven't talked to Chessable uh, about it, but I have sort of some vague ideas of, you know, potential new things I could be doing. But as of right now, I just honestly, I don't think I can get myself into 
the proper, you know, frame of mind to sit down and, you know, analyze openings. Just doesn't doesn't seem like a thing. And maybe like I maybe I need to force myself to actually sit down and like do that for for for, for an hour per day and then perhaps it will become two hours and then just to you know try to uh, reconnect with, with with chess. It's not like I'm doing something productive, you know. It's it's not as if you know my my days are filled with something that I value more than picking on openings. But yeah, it's it's just difficult to uh, difficult to imagine how how that would look like right now. Yeah, I mean. So, so it, are you doing any chess work at all? Like these days, do you play online at all, or is it just very much? You know, I pretty much quit quit playing online. I think I played like three or four rounds of one titled since the war started, and and it like nothing really felt right. I mean, I I also played like played horribly, but I mean, I've played horribly in titles before. It's not a new experience. <laughs> uh, it just like it felt. And odd, and uh, I also blundered a couple of pieces, and that gave me a very easy, easy excuse to just drop out and not play it again. I haven't played any of the uh, any of the RCCs. Um, it just, I mean, people have been playing them. Like last I checked, before I went to take the dog out for a walk, uh, Sasha has beaten Hikaru in the round of eight. And then something happened, and uh, I think there were more Russian players in the top eight potentially. And uh, obviously, you know, this is not some kind of a principled stance, and I'm not judging people who are playing. It's just that for me, uh, I I couldn't really, you know, get myself to 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 a point where I felt like playing chess was, you know. Uh, important, <laughs> important enough for me at this stage to, to to actually do it. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw this thing about the uh, chess.com, uh, like the Ukraine flag. Yeah. Obviously, I even I even commented on this a bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, with the Russian. Flag and there's there. there's a number of things I want to say about this, but what it boils down to, I think, is uh, uh, what they've done is what you know FIDE has done for life tournaments and i understand that you know people people obviously have have a right to feel unhappy about it but it's very much in keeping uh with uh uh how you know the general you know let's say western community has been uh treating treating the situation and uh I just want to say that, like for me, my you know my feeling of you know how Russian I feel is not defined by whether I have a Russian flag next to my name on an online chess server. So you know, if I wanted to continue playing, this wouldn't wouldn't have stopped me from playing. It it feels it feels uh, and uh, and there's also like the there's also a twist which. Uh, I assume you have also seen that, like the story continued after after Chess.com uh, said that the Russian players will not be allowed to play on the Russian flags. Uh, basically, I mean, I 
don't know whether it was solely the result of uh, the Karakian appeal, but there was definitely a Karakian facet to this whole situation because he published a post uh, on his socials saying that this is an outrage and he would like to uh, see chess.com be put on a, on a ban list. Uh, and it was. And now if you, as I understand it, I, I haven't really been playing for a bit, but as I understand it, if you, if you, have, if you want to play on chess.com from Russia, you need to you need to be using VPNs to services. Uh, so, you know, of those two decisions, uh, I think it's the second one that's completely absurd, uh, honestly, because uh, the only thing that does is just makes life, you know, slightly worse for uh, the people who would like to play on the server. Because for people who already were, you know, upset enough with the chess.com decision, a very early option, and a very easy option, of course, is just not to play, right? But for people who felt that, you know, chess.com is still important, and that, you know, that probably is most chess professionals, but also I, I assume a, some some portion of the amateurs who perhaps don't feel this is such an outrage. Uh, they were put in a position where, you know, not everybody knows how to, how to use VPN, and <laughs> actually even using VPN is kind of tricky right now in Russia, because they uh, somewhat shockingly have become a lot better at actually banning VPN services. <laughs> uh, I've had two VPN services die on me in the past couple of months, <laughs> wow. which is uh, annoying. Uh, uh, so I'm currently searching for more solutions. Um, so basically, it's, a, it's a, a slight case of, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face there, which is not unusual by this point. But still, you know, I, I as I said, like, out of those two things, I feel that the decision to ban to ban this in the, uh, the server altogether is by far the more absurd one. And uh, I think Alexandra Kostinuk was, she at some point, and she was at some point, I think, basically the, the face of the you know, Russian side of chess.com, right? She made a pretty strong statement on this point saying that, you know, regardless of, you know, how productive the decision of chess.com is, you know, we are in no position to criticize it or, you know, take any kind of high moral ground. Now, are are you in contact with, let's say, like guys like Sasha? Do you talk to other the Russian chess players like frequently? I, I talk to some people, yeah, not not a ton, but I talk to some people. Um, I'm I I in general I I lead a kind of a somewhat you know bubbled bubbled existence, but mm -hmm. the bubble does extend to you know two, three, five chess players. Um, yeah, I mean, I've the, these are you know pr pr private conversations, so I, I'm not sure. No, I'm not asking what you guys talk about, yeah. but I'm just you know, I really, I just you know, we hear we hear a lot about, um, let's say the Ukrainian side of the war for very good reason. I'm just really like it. It does feel like there is really like, uh, like at least in the Western world, nobody really knows what's going on in Russia. And that's not to say that I, you know, endorse Putin by any means myself, no, really, but, yeah. but it is just something I am very genuinely curious about. Um, yeah.
No, I mean, we know that a number of people have left, uh, um, you know, also obviously some people have stayed and I'm, I'm not like the, the only person I can speak for is myself. Uh, being, you know, very much against what my, what my government is doing and staying is, I understand not a very consistent position, but. But it's home also at the end of the day. Can't blame you for for you know i don't endorse everything that the american government does for example but i miss new york like that's just you know you i don't think that's necessarily contradictory i mean it's not like russians don't exist i think that's yeah. a great twitter take no i i i still like it it feels it feels very strange honestly but i'm sure but yeah for, for now for yeah for now i'm here and uh yeah so what, what's like, what's the, what's the life of Peter Svidler like then? Cause I, I mean, I, I remember, I'll just say like some of the first chess experiences I ever had was you and, and Jan doing commentary, you know, that was the, the legendary duo. Yeah. I still, I still have done some, like I've done a couple of Grand Prix with, uh, with Jan and I've just returned from the States where I did the first two legs of the GCT. Oh, you were, wait, was, you were just in America. Yeah. Like how recent? Returned five days ago or four days ago, and you didn't have any problem with uh, like the flights and stuff. You can still get out of the country. It's trickier than it used to be, but you can still get out of the country and and return to the country. So I assume not a direct flight. Uh, there are still some direct flights going, really? but not in that direction. Like you can you can go sort of east, and then once you've crossed the border, you can. Uh, you can then do, you know, not not whatever you please, but you can you can reverse direction then, yeah. Uh, or you know, there is still some communication between, let's say, Saint Petersburg and Finland. Yeah, I mean, that, that actually makes sense. Uh, so yeah, you can you can take you know buses to Finland, for instance, to two and a half hour drive from here to the border. So. Yeah, it's 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 also I don't know how recently you've been in Europe, but it is also like kind of crazy that. Um, like you see the Ukrainian flag everywhere. I haven't been in America since this happened. So I, I mean, I don't know what it's like in America, but at least like in basically every major European city we've had, like in Copenhagen, we had Zelensky gave like on the Freedom Day, like Zelensky gave like a televised speech in the square of Copenhagen, like the main square, they put up a big mm. and he spoke like, there's been like a huge, huge like shift like that. I don't know if you noticed that in, in the States. I don't know if it is as pronounced in the States, let's say St. Louis. Uh, I've seen I've seen some some of that in St. Louis. Maybe not as much as you would see in Europe, but it definitely definitely also happens there, and it's very much on the news, of course. Do you have any plans, like in terms of like professional chess, like as long as a, like is it like as long as the war is going on, you're just not going to be really that active professionally? Was that foregone anyway? I. It wasn't. It wasn't a foregone conclusion until you know. Uh, until I, I was kind of very undecided because, like, I finally dropped out of twenty seven hundred last year, which you know could have happened finally, earlier. Finally, <laughs> yeah, fi yeah, like, yeah, hooray! This, this, you know, it finally happened. Uh, and no, it wasn't. It wasn't a hooray at all. It Not felt. Yet. It felt very, very annoying. And uh, I decided to play the Grand Swiss as a kind of an attempt to kind of rectify that situation. 
which obviously resulted in me dropping some more points and you know it being it being further away uh, as these things do. But no, I, I wasn't really like entirely prepared to, to to give it up. But the shift was kind of very obvious even until then, like the shift towards much more heavier, you know, commentary slash some kind of media work uh, with with some playing on the side. I mean, I'm still, you know, supposedly, like once again, it's kind of an untested hypothesis, but I'm supposedly still a pretty decent Rapid and Blitz player. Uh, at least, at least according to the rating lists. Um, so yeah, some of that could have been done, and and uh, yeah, I definitely would have tried to, you know, get back to twenty seven hundred and then retire instead of you know retiring or whatever. Or whatever so you're saying you're retired now? You consider yourself a retired player? I've been saying I'm semi-retired for like five years. Or maybe even longer than that. It definitely wasn't true the first time I mentioned those words to people. Uh, it probably isn't still. It still isn't entirely true. But it like it felt true with every with every passing year, and it feels mm -hmm. very true right this moment. But um, I mean, maybe maybe the question just kind of got you know I, I prevaricated for so long that yeah, the question just got settled by from from the outside like the life just decided enough of this enough of this shit you know like just <laughs> you're you're not playing chess anymore you know like just 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 like stop why why are you pretending but yeah i don't know like if you ask me um i haven't made any kind of an official decision on this it's just like right now i don't see how i would it's just like you don't think you'll get like that many term invitations anymore and stuff like that nor should I, frankly, like even sort of leaving aside the 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 the, the Russian side of it, like I'm whatever, 2681, 46 years of age. You're actually, I think you're 2683 last time I checked. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a huge improvement. Yeah, that that makes the like my point is entirely invalid now. Yeah, it's completely uh, invalid. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am I you know such a gift to humanity as a as a chess player. <laughs> not clear to me at all i mean uh so i mean the the, the 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 tournaments i potentially could play are some sort of official things i don't know whatever that whatever that is like the world cups of this world and you know the the european clubs of this world or what have you you know the world rapid and blitz if it happened um but apart from that like nothing you know immediately comes to mind uh, which i think makes the decision easier <laughs> yeah well the russia's also not playing in um in the olympiad right they're banned you would assume so yeah i haven't actually followed it up because i think at some point they became a, a, an asian chess federation right right and with i i'm guessing one of the points of that could be that maybe that opens the door. But I wouldn't like I'm I don't get Russia I don't get into Russia C. I maybe get into Russia D these days. I don't know. Like and like it's it's a purely theoretical question when it comes to, you know, for me personally. Like I've I've not been uh oh oh a consideration for the national team for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, um, 
Another thing I want to ask you is about the the candidates. First of all, I, I expect you're probably going to be doing some sort of commentary for the candidates at some point. It's not clear, honestly. Really? Hmm. Because it's coming up in a couple of weeks. I know. I'm 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 very aware. Yeah, I've. Is it on your end or or on other end? It's a. Uh, I mean, it's 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 kind of weird because, I mean, we really suffer from no shortage of good commentators right now. There's absolutely no, you know, supply issues there. So you have to ask yourself, do you need to employ Russians if you have choices? But we love you. The people genuinely love you. You and Jan, like, we really, we really love your I, I appreciate it, and you, pro you probably even mean it. But I do, I do, I genuinely but do seriously, mean it. Uh, but seriously, there's, there's plenty of very, very good people working in that field. So it's it really isn't obvious that I absolutely need to be employed by somebody. I wouldn't mind, uh, honestly. Like I, I I never say no to 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 a good commentary gig, but I also very much understand if none materialize. Wow. I, I I you know I wouldn't feel slighted or anything. It's just it's how things are. Yeah, man. I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just, uh, this is, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, if, if that's true, you know, we're, we're really going to miss your, uh, we're going to miss your con. I'm not just saying that, like, we will genuinely miss your, uh, contributions. Can I, can I at least ask, uh, is there anybody that you're rooting for in the candidates? I've kind of asked this to a lot of people. There's a number of, there's a number of people there. I very, very much like as, as people and the tournament in general is going to be fantastic to watch. I mean, I'm on Jan is a friend. I've, you know, Fabi is. I'm on very, very good terms with Fabi. Like, there's this whole, you know, it's a kind of a running gag as to, you know, what Russians mean by the word friend and what, like, the rest of the world means by the word friend, right? So uh, I feel slightly corny using that word in the, you know, in that context. But mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people in the tournament I really, really like as, as people like Richie. Uh, he is a fantastic guy. I, I got to spend some time with Richie last year, and I really, really liked him. I thought I thought he was a really Swiss federations, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. It was a like it. It came slightly out of the blue, but also one of the things about Richie is that he just absolutely just answers questions. <laughs> If you know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. He, Have you seen his response? Like, like, is like, like about? I think it was like when he dropped like from the top ten or something. And he said, "Oh, I wish I never became a chess player. I should have like gone to college and all." Like, he just gave this extremely like passionate yeah, answer but about. But yeah, the the, the the man just you know, you ask him a question and you will get an answer. He is just like so much not a politician. Like I used to suffer from some of that, but even I would not be giving some of the answers that he gave. I think <laughs> in his spot, and I've I've given some really really strange answers in my life, where like people gave like asked me how I am and like received a five thousand word essay in reply, you know, live on air for some reason. Uh, but yeah, he, I think he's a fantastic guy. I think he will uh, have to be at his absolute to be uh to be a challenge of the candidates but i very much would like to see him play his best because when he's playing his best he is just 
uh, you know, a, a glory to behold. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Hmm? Like when he plays chess, it's like jazz almost. Like everybody. Yeah, else is like... When, when he plays well, when 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 things are flowing for him, it's just so good. Yeah, and he is so completely fearless as well. Like that that final game against Andrejkin was so beautiful. Like the I was doing it live, and I was you know I gave this whole spiel about like I'm you know I'm chicken myself and you know I know how it is where you have a repetition and you like you have like eleven minutes, so you spend seven or eight of them so that afterwards you can tell people. I couldn't find anything, and now I only had two minutes for 10 moves. So obviously I'm repeating now. And he just leaves himself two minutes and just goes for it. And it's just like, it's fantastic. You know, as someone who has done this maybe once or twice in my life, and I had to like really, really force myself, like physically force myself not to repeat. I, I remember one or two cases like this in my career, and I felt very, very proud afterwards. And for him, like maybe occasionally he does repeat in that position because he really does find nothing. But the idea of pretending to look for something to then repeat and have an excuse, I think, just doesn't cross his mind. And it's just glorious. I, I, it, I, I love to watch it. It's just it genuinely, genuinely fills my heart with joy, you know. And he's, yeah, Richie, Richie is Richie. But yeah, returning to the previous question, he gave that interview during, I think, uh, Bucharest. Yeah, some and like I was that. I was in the studio, so I saw most of the interviews. And yeah, he basically just once again, more or less unprompted, like I think he was just asked about the candidates, just a sort of a general question about the candidates. You know, you just say, you know, this is a very important tournament. I'm playing here to warm up for the tournament. It's you know going to be the biggest event of my life, and and you move on. You know, you, you and then you get asked what you will do on your free day or whatever. Yeah? <laughs> and instead, he gave this incredibly frank answer about you know his relations relationship with the Hungarian Chess Federation and you know the way he feels he stands there and like just very very sincere and honest and open in a spot where it was you know barely prompted so you know his move to a different federation is you know slightly surprising but I think he felt like that he, he was getting absolutely no support for for a while from well, from the Hungarian Chess Federation. And, yeah. It does have shades of like the Wesley So thing from a couple of years ago, like when Wesley switched because he was kind mm. of complaining about the same thing. But he's but you know Richie's going to Romania, which I actually is kind of on the rise in terms of its chess. Mm. I think right now. So yeah, clearly the, the the support from the super bad people is uh, is quite instrumental there i would assume yeah it's not a not a, just a coincidence right mm. and by the way richie is lord illidan on on chess.com he's another you know another <laughs> uh another hearthstone guy probably i mean that's world of warcraft but still yeah that's like a fourth one are there any other talents in your opinion that you you think keep an eye on i know everybody talked about Prague and arjun and yeah it it, it seems like uh you know the 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 one sort of interesting topic on which I don't have any specific opinion is, you know, the quote unquote Indian power rankings, right? Like, how do you how do you position these guys on a list like Prague and Nihal and 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 Erigaisi and uh, Gukesh and perhaps some others we are not as aware of as yet. But you know, you, you can never discount some new kids coming coming of age like in the in the, in the year or two. Uh, and then there is Hans, I guess. And 
I mean, Yusipenko is already like 27, 15 or whatever. So you, you can't really, like, he's a more or less known quantity. Yeah, he made it. Like, yeah, like, I, I don't think, I don't think we need to debate whether he will, he will be a chess player or not. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, all of these guys will be, will be chess players. Like, I don't think there's any doubt that pr- probably all of them will be 2700 at some point. And like, the, with all of them, the question is much higher. Like, the ceiling is obviously higher. We just don't know how high. So you don't consider my measly seventeen hundred feet a rating? You don't consider me a chess player? You know how hard I've been working in this chess club, man. Ugh, you elitists. Yeah, I, I, I should watch my tongue there, but uh, no, 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 I don't really care. I mean, I, I, else. I, I, I assume I, I, yeah. Honestly, I. You don't have to backtrack. I, I will not be offended. This is a kind of a tricky one, right? I don't think you should be. But I also think I should probably cut it out. I, I think both things should be true. Right. I like it's a it, it's a way of speech which is, I mean, I I assume like the intent to offend. Probably most people understand it's not there, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't really, you know, rephrase it in a way that you know wouldn't be as stupid. Okay. <laughs> Those things are not mutually exclusive. So yeah, it's it's actually good that that you pulled pulled me up on that. No, I, but I listen, should. if if Kevin Durant, for example, said you know that uh, like I'm not going to be a basketball player, I wouldn't say, hey man, like I shoot in my backyard like twice a week and I I play pickup with my like I know what he means, like you know. Still, still, I think yeah, I still feel it's unhelpful. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that. What annoys me the most is that I actually had this before, and normally with me, I like I feel that I don't need more than one of these to to actually kind of, you know, there's a switch in your brain where you, you tell yourself, okay, you you've done this stupid thing once, it does not need to be done again, uh, and apparently with this, the switch hasn't been flicked yet, so I will I will work on it. But I think there is also, unfortunately, there is something very like if you look at tennis, for example. I feel like top 100 people in tennis are can all make great livings out of tennis, right? Mm. That's not true in chess. Like no. anywhere outside the top 10, if you're not like making, let's say, you know, critically acclaimed chess pool courses, like five a year or whatever, like it's even the tournament invites and, and you know, having to do really well in those tournaments, like you just won't make that good money. So like, like being a, like a true professional as a chess player, like outside of 2700 club and even in the 2700 club, I mean, you could, I'm sure you could say from your own experience, but even in the 2700 club, there is like a stark difference, right? Between like what the absolute, like, you know, like, which I, I know you've been in that class before in your career, like being really like, you know, at mm-hmm. the top 10, like all the big, like, like, and Zay and, 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 you know, like all those big events, um, Singfield cup, et cetera, et cetera. I know it's been different, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the cutoff is probably closer to top 20 than to top 10, but yeah, I mean, without teaching or writing or media work, uh yeah chess doesn't really like sustain you know it's it's not a very easy life let's put it like this it's a huge problem i think too like because i think of something i like something that i hate so much about about chess in general a i think maybe this is because we are chess players but there is kind of this lack of originality um that's something i really liked about chessable actually that they like they dared like think about hey maybe there's a new way to do the chess book thing but generally, like if there's one idea, if there's one meme in the chess community, you're going to hear it 
repeated ad nauseum a hundred thousand times like and it's true with everything like nobody dares to think about and it, the why i'm saying this is because like when it comes to professional chess in my view like think about how many people play chess in the world and all the interest we saw online like you would have thought that over COVID and all of that like some of that growth would have translated maybe into you know something more serious but i mean if you look at the world championship for example did anything really change in terms of the price one for example not really like is magnus right now holding out for more money perhaps i mean you don't really know and like is anything really going to change at the top level like i talked about this on the podcast before i don't know what you think about this but to me it just it does kind of feel like an exercise in madness that like i would love to see more players at the top make a living because then it would be easier to call somebody who's you know 26 50 or whatever hs player but there is like some reality to it unfortunately that like a guy who's 26 50 literally may not make be making a career off of chess despite being you know top 100 or whatever yeah i don't know uh i mean the the the, the topic of how to grow the game is hashtag grow the game hashtag grow the game absolutely yeah hashtag adult improver <laughs> hashtag adult um... Are you a hashtag adult improver now that you're below 2700? Uh, that was kind of mean. I guess we're even. Now. No, I'm, I'm, I'm hashtag adult improver because I'm like hard stuck 6K, not because I'm. 20K. Oh, in, in, uh, in Battlegrounds. Yeah, like, yeah. yes, yes, but not because of 2683. Like, no. <laughs> I'm currently very, very hard stuck 6K and uh, it's depressing, among other things. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, nobody nobody really knows, but it, it all kind of cycles back to what we at some point discussed, right? Because the assumption has to be that there is enough there to attract corporate sponsorship, proper corporate sponsorship, and that would improve the situation definitely at the top, but hopefully also the grassroots situation could be improved by uh, chess becoming you know more more mainstream and more supported. But, uh, you know, if in years gone by, that conversation inevitably led to, and then the corporate sponsorship says, okay, you know, minion A, show me what the people who I'm going to be dealing with look like. And they get shown some news articles about FIDE. And that's the end of the corporate sponsorship. These days, on top of that, you also get the Russia conversation. Uh, which also, you know, doesn't really bode that well for mainstream corporate sponsorship. So, yeah, uh, there are some challenges ahead. Right. Um, speaking, you mentioned uh, that, you know, what chess.com is doing is, you know, in line with what uh, FIDE has been doing. I know we could talk about, you know, FIDE and, yeah. and let's say, Kremlin connection and I know a lot of people have spoken about that I don't think I or you will really say anything super enlightening but what I do want to ask is do you know what the situation is with the Olympiad because I know it's in India and I also saw that let's say Vichy is on Vorkovich's team so I don't know what is going to happen with is it going to be like a uh you know like uh playing under the FIDE flag sort of thing like like it was in let's say the I think the winter I yeah, I really don't know. I uh, yeah, like at some point, and it will sound you know a little bit kind of you know <sighs> hiding my head in the sand a little bit, and it will sound like that because it probably is what I'm doing. But I've I sort of stopped stopped following uh, 
you know, much of the less relevant news and chess politics news for me at this point kind of fall under that category. Uh, so I don't exactly know what's going on. Like I, I, I know that at some point, I think Russia became a nausea. Yeah, I, I don't know what he is upset about, but he's clearly upset about something. Uh, uh, we we applied to, and I assume uh, got accepted into the, the the Asian Chess Union instead of European Chess Union. Uh, so I don't know how that you know plays into the entire Olympiad situation. And I'm obviously you know aware that there's going to be you know elections during the Olympiad, and uh, I'm following that a little bit, but not very closely. Uh, because once again, I've had. Uh, my very, very first Olympiad was 1994, where uh, Kirsan got elected for the first time. And uh, I got a little bit of the first-hand experience of how these things are run, <laughs> uh, because it was in Moscow. And uh, uh, some of the things that were, being, that were being run were being run sort of before my eyes. And, uh, you know, I won't claim I have, you know, proper inside knowledge of exactly how that sausage is made, but I have some idea. So, so it's very difficult for me to get, you know, properly excited about FIDE elections. But I'm aware they're happening. Uh, but, you know, on the on the topic of, of the Olympiad as it applies to me, so there is this really stupid cowboy joke, which goes, you know, two cowboys are standing like in front of a tavern. And one of them says, see that kind of dust being, you know, somebody is riding far away. And he says, yeah, that's elusive Joe. He hasn't been caught or even spoken to for like 20 years. And the other, the other cowboy says, that's very impressive. So why is he so elusive? Is he really like so, so good at camouflage and so impossible to catch? And so dangerous in a in a shootout and the other says no nobody nobody gives a flying fuck about him uh so as for me personally you know i i think i'm sort of very much in the elusive joe situation like i like uh nobody's nobody is you know suggesting i play for the national team <laughs> i'm pretty sure but i also wanted to say that i don't really envisage myself playing for the national like it's nobody's going to ask me so it's kind of irrelevant but i also don't really see myself uh doing that so um, if you it, were asked you would say no right now i think so yeah yeah uh so i mean once again it's <laughs> it's a very comfortable position for me to to, to assume because no, nobody's asking right <laughs> so, but uh but yeah yeah i think you know decoupling Let's say FIDE and and and. That's Russia. really what I want to ask. How does how does that happen in your view? I'm not sure. Um, uh, and this is once again, it's me sort of going back to you know to, to you know, years and years of watching FIDE politics as a. You know, I've never really gotten involved properly. Like I've never been on on any team. I've never done. You know anything active in particular and uh, you don't really envisage it happening to be honest once again because i sort of know know how this is how this works to a degree but 
because I I have a, a feeling I I can guess how it goes. It's uh yeah, it's not it's not clear. I mean, Fide clearly is you know taking some steps in that direction, even even with current leadership, which is obviously still very connected to uh, to Russia. So I don't think it's hopeless, but I also don't think you know even even right now i don't think it's a given that it happens to do uh a significant enough degree so yeah it's uh yeah it definitely goes on the very very long list of questions i don't have good answers to like i've i think everybody understands what needs to happen in an ideal world but this I think very clearly isn't an ideal world. So, right. Yeah, I don't think anybody thinks it is. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I there have been you know some extremely idealistic people trying to run for you know feeder positions in 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 history. Not extremely hopeful. I, I, yeah, just. So you don't have faith for the Balish Bullets Nielsen bid? If they're running against the, you know, quote unquote, the machine, they're not beating the machine. If, uh, if the elections, like, if, let's say the other side decides out of, you know, the goodness of their heart or for whatever other reason, decides no, let the chips fall where they may. Then I think there is, you know, there's no particular reason why they can't win. But this initial assumption is a very, very large one, right? You like, um, you don't see that happen very often, right? People just deciding to forego the advantages their position affords them because of some kind of a you know idealistic view of you know a fair fight or something it i'm guessing it happens sometimes because everything happens sometimes but uh you know the word multiverse i think comes to mind there right it's mm -hmm. maybe in 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 some other universe this this is something that happens regularly I guess the now actually I think the last thing I'll ask you before we uh, move on. Um, do you have any you know regrets in terms of? I I know you had a you had a tweet that really stuck out to me on the day the war began, the invasion began. I should you say even, where you said silence made today possible. Yeah. I don't want to indict you individually or other people as you know. Yeah, some replies were basically like people in i mean some of it was basically yeah your silence and yes this is what i meant this was obvious like i didn't want to phrase it that way not because i didn't think that but because i felt you know that really isn't about me necessarily mm -hmm. but yeah that, that is absolutely what i meant i've i've stayed away from those topics for years and years and years uh for reasons which currently seem stupid and or cowardly. Uh, 
So yeah, definitely. I don't think, I mean, I think quite frankly, I mean, if you're following the Gary school of, you know, Russian politics, I think most people really in the chess world have kind of been, you know, content with, let's say, you know, even a guy like Dvorkovich, you know, being, let's say that, you know, the deputy, what was he, deputy president of Russia mm. or something. And now he's a chair of FIDE and that never raised any flags. And, you know, he even... That's, that's, I mean, that's not exactly right. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, like, there were people unhappy then uh, already, like when, when he, when he ran, there were... But how unhappy? Because he's still there. He hasn't even yeah. had the will to resign. I guess that's what I was trying to say. Like, no, you know, a guy like, I think there's no joke. This, this guy, this Lee Chess guy on... Mm -hmm. Yeah, great, I know, I know him. Yeah. Great tweet where he was like, you know, if you're Karyakin and you're pro-Russia and you're a player, well, then you're, you know, you're sanctioned out of the game. And But if you worked in Putin's cabinet, <laughs> then you could just stay there. Like, the guy who really has the power in terms of the political, I'm not saying that Karyakin doesn't have influence, of course, we all know that, but... Um, but to me, that like that is that is uh, that's the shocking thing to me. I mean, again, I haven't been in chess nearly as long as you. When you were at your first Olympiad, I was negative five years old. So, <laughs> like, I haven't yeah, been around in chess that yeah. long. Uh, yeah. I didn't mean to call you old, uh, Peter, but uh, no, I don't. yeah, I, this is actually something that my friends kind of pull me up on it a little bit. Yeah, I'm not allowed to call myself old. I'm, apparently, I'm middle aged. Yeah, you're no, you're you're not. A, you don't look a day over twenty five. Har 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 har, yes. Yeah. I, I I don't know. To, to me, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, the chess world is just uh, you know maybe uh, maybe we got to make a GM uh, title for battlegrounds and just you know that's the new scene there. Well, I mean, it exists and constructed. So right, they have they have like a mass right like a real like master thing now right like you can no get, like, the constructed yeah, constructed. I should have grandmasters for like three years, two years. I haven't. I haven't played since Whispers of the Old Gods. I saw that they have like a completely mm. different ranking system now. Um, I never took constructed that seriously, but you know, the one time it was when Q Block first became a thing, mm. and I was. I remember I woke up. Expansion just came out. I was the only expansion I ever really bought because I used to just make so much money off Arena that I would just buy packs that way. And mm. so it was the one that I just bought from the get. -go. So you were actually you were an actual infinite Arena player, right? Uh, infantile, you said infinite infinite uh well i don't did they even have that back then uh i don't no, know i mean like if you average above seven yeah I well i wouldn't usually average seven i would usually get like let's say five and a half six i, I was i was but that still so that still sort of makes you money yeah if you yeah no it was you. yeah overall like you know i'd spend like 20 bucks a month on on arena like mm. i was pretty good at arena honestly um as far as i remember maybe yeah, I'm because i you know despite being an arena main i was still really really bad yeah, I mean, I also I had that ex that had that extension, what Hearth Arena or whatever that like that mm, like told you, yeah. but that helped a lot back in the day. Not anymore, but it, it it was really a big deal like back when I used to uh, do like draft and stuff. Like I could always get like when I was focused, I could always get like like six wins like easily any mm. class. Um, I prefer to play like Warlock. Um, personally, I've always loved Warlock in, in WoW and otherwise. Yeah, but... we we thank our Lord and Savior Raynaud for. The, all the <laughs> zoos I've, I've tried to drop. Yeah, over the years. all the yeah, but the, the thing about all when you get the, the right zoos. yeah, when you get the right Zulok deck, it's just it's special. Like yeah. it's really like uh, I don't know, it's like getting a good Danish gambit. 
you know, it's just like, you just, it's just like everything comes together and you could do whatever you want and you just have so much power. Anyway, I'm just saying that because like when QBlock came out, I'll never forget feeling as powerful as I did as like day one when it was just uploaded onto like, um, what Hearthpedia or whatever, mm -hmm. like Hearthhead, I think it's called, you know, whatever the equivalent of Wowhead is for, I, I haven't played what, like Hearthstone constructed mm -hmm. in a very long time. And I was like one of the first people to download this deck. And I, this is right before I started college. I actually went from like rank 25 because I not played in six months. Mm. I went from like rank 25, absolute trash tier to like, I think rank two or rank one. I had like a 93% win rate. Like I was just not losing. And then suddenly college started. I, I like <laughs> missed legend, but just by bad luck, just not being focused or whatever. Like, cause it came out like towards the end of the month or whatever. And I, I just remember being so mad. That's mm. like my only, like, I wish I would have hit legend once. Because that was a crazy deck before it got nerfed. That was just yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Completely disgusting. People still kind of long for it, you know. It's just so satisfying to, like, kill a thing, watch two of them form, and then the death rattle triggers as well, and there's just no good answer for how to deal with this. It just was it was so glorious. So glorious. But that was the good old days. I don't know what Hearthstone constructed. I played some Battlegrounds here and there. Mm. I was, like, a degenerate battle. I got 6K back when it was, like, you know, the old version, like, when it just came out. Like, back mm. when it was... I think, well, didn't you use 6K used to be like the default now, right? Now it's not anymore, but it used to be no, around yeah. like... So that back then, you know, no. 6K easy. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's your puppy. Yeah. What's your dog's name? Joyce. Joyce. How old is Joyce? Eight months. Oh, really? A puppy? Yeah. A real puppy. What breed? Poodle. Poodle? Mm. That does not sound like a poodle. I don't know. I don't know much about poodle. It's uh, because I think most people... I've, I've heard one of the... When I still streamed, I, I mentioned I have a poodle, and uh, one of the regulars in my channel said, poodles are not a dog, they're a fashion accessory. Because I think most people associate the breed with those like really, really tiny ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we could, like, this is not a video pod, so I can't actually show the viewers, but like when he, when he stands on his, on his hind legs, he reaches my face very, very easily when I wow. stand up. Wow. He's a he's a large boy. <laughs> yeah, that's still growing, probably right. Well, we we kind of hope he's not <laughs> he's already larger than the breed standards. Yeah. So because you said on Discord, you said is a um, you know you said it's a, a beastie, and I was like, okay, it's a no, he's a he's a he's a chunky boy. Yeah, yeah chunky boy. I see. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Is there any, you know, it's we, we hit the hour mark. I don't want to keep your time. I know it's like pretty late in Russia, but like, is there anything else you, you wanted to, to kind of no, talk about? No, I, I think, I think we're, we're okay. I, yeah. you know, we... I really enjoyed this, by the way. I, I, mm. I really appreciate the honesty and uh, I, I thank you. And thank you to, to Mr. Dodgy for, for sending this up. You know, the, uh, the Ali Reza of, uh, of uh, podcast connectors. Um, yes. The, the Ali Reza of Prague's. <laughs> yeah, the Alireza <laughs> Pragnanandas of Arjun Aragasis or something. Yes, yeah, we love something those. along those lines. Yeah, yeah. The the, I mean, the inception the inception of Alireza, uh, Yeah. Well, I was told that this is the Alireza of Chess Podcast. So if you agree, you can you can leave a review um, over on Apple Podcasts, five star, hopefully on Spotify, whatever it is. I don't really know. Maybe we don't deserve it. I feel like I deserve it. You definitely do. Yeah, I don't know Thank about you. myself. No, no, no. This is this it's is not my podcast. I, I should like. Why am I making this about myself? <laughs> it's not my product. No, not for not yet. But uh, you know, when I buy Chessable, mm. that's it. No, when I was in uh, when I was just in Oslo, I met some of the Play Magnus people. So you know, some of the people who run the show there at the at the studio. So you know, I'm coming for that studio. I'm going to buy that. 
I'm gonna put play David right there. Take that, Magnus. Uh, yeah, you may be number one in chess, but you're not gonna be number one in the in the business world. Not as long as I'm there. That's right. That's my promise. I don't know. I'm just kind of. It's been an hour, you know. This is, I start <laughs> to get a little loopy, and uh... <laughs> yeah, I, kind of, I couldn't relate. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, but that's I think my favorite. Honestly, the last thing I'll say, like, my, I think my. Please. Oh, here we go. Puppy time. Fetch. Yeah, this is truly. Whoa! I saw the face. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, huge. This is the, this is the oh boy. my god. This is the boy. He is a bit black, so he doesn't really show well on camera. But he, no, but I can a... see. I can see the shape of the face. Yeah, I, I yeah. see what you mean. Uh, wow. He doesn't like. He doesn't like being up here. So I'll let him know. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was just going to say that, like, I feel like um, everybody talks about, like, the, the, the chess, who started the chess podcast, like Ben Johnson. I think you've been on the show before. Right? Mm, yeah. But I think you and Jan really did it, like, like in these, a lot of these things where Jan will just start, like, talking about anything that's, like. Yeah, this, not... this, this, this used to be, like, a, a kind of a pipe dream slash project for the future, and then it never materialized. And now there's the chicken CC, chess. CCC, uh, which Those, I'm. My enemies. <laughs> my fierce competitors everyone who has a chess podcast now is my enemy so um you know it is what it is that is the right frame mind yeah That's yeah fine. well yeah, it's just like in the frame, yeah. you know professional chess world how they say nobody really has like friends there like that's me with like all my competitors they're really they're my fierce rivals and i couldn't imagine ever you know doing anything with them because you know they're my they're my enemies sworn enemies yeah yes that's how everything works yep well, anyway, uh, on the topic of sworn enemies, uh, thanks for coming on the show. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure. Yeah. Um, uh, thanks to Chessable for sponsoring the podcast and for helping, as always. Uh, check out chessable.com slash 64 podcast for some of uh, my favorite courses. Uh, you can check them out uh, listed there. Uh, I want to thank Aim Chess as always for sponsoring the show. Uh, I want to thank my Patreon supporters, uh, as always, for you know doing their part, helping out a little bit. Every little contribution counts. Uh, Peter, thanks so much for coming, and uh, tell my listeners we'll uh, we'll hear from you soon. See this you was fun, time. yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I hope it was fun. I yeah, I try to keep it like pretty. I mean, oh. it was. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it part, moments. Part, part, parts of it, parts yeah. of it were fun. Yeah, we... but you know, being being half uh, Soviet myself, you know, you gotta have you always have like the little. There's like the the doom and gloom, and then there's you know, the, I, I I know what you're know. talking about. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, I can't really explain it. It's just like uh, this like this really sober like behavior at like mm. you know social events and stuff just being very real about stuff and then you know you have some drinks and you, you party a little bit and you're like yeah mm. it's 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 gonna be okay and that's what i hope more than anything i hope that yeah. it's just that, that would be yeah really praying for the war to end tomorrow so mm. yeah thanks for listening guys and i'll see you next week <laughs>